An announcer got suspended, but is the reasoning valid? Henry Ruggs was sentenced to the next three to ten years in prison. The most valuable team in football has been released, but where's our small market teams? Auburn can roll a toilet paper on Tumor's Corner again. UGA fired a staffer involved in the crash. Kareem Hunt is still a free agent. Alabama had 13 players on the top 100 NFL players. The NCAA denied waivers for players who want to play near family. Could any conferences fall apart like Pac-12? It's August. It's the start of preseason football. So we've got a lot to discuss on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman at Jake's Take Podcast at Jake's 14. Joining me later on for Christy's Corner is my co-host, Christy. You can follow her on Instagram, TikTok, threads at Christy underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports in different forms and variety. So right now I'm in New Orleans. You know, we love New Orleans. We love this city. It's a terrific city. You know, this is probably one of my favorite places. And we're just here to enjoy what the South can do and really, you know, getting some more recognition here. But I am very fortunate enough to be visiting New Orleans. You know, obviously when we rebranded Jake's Take, we were focusing on cities in the South, such as Nashville, Charlotte, New Orleans, Atlanta. And I've been able to go to these cities throughout the year. And you know, New Orleans is one of my favorite cities. It's a lot like the city I grew up in, in Mobile, Alabama. And it just reminds me of home being here, especially the humanity. But enough about that. We'll talk more about New Orleans later. It's very important that we start off with our first point, which is in regard to the Baltimore Orioles. And the Baltimore Orioles suspended Kevin Brown, their lead announcer, for really something that no one knows what happened. I feel like with Kevin Brown, he was reading off of a card. He was reading off a teleprompter. And he said something about the Orioles' recent struggles against against the Tampa Bay Rays. And then after that, they suspended him. Now, apparently, it could have just been something else. But I listened to the clip. I read it word for word. I didn't see anything wrong. Apparently, what he stated was that the Orioles had already won more games at Tropicana Field than they had in the previous three seasons combined. That's true. The Baltimore Orioles have not been good recently. They became good this year. And with this right here, they then suspended him. And there were reports of, was he suspended because the Orioles are cheap or because ownership just doesn't like it? My question is, are we just too sensitive as a society? They said something that we don't like, they should be suspended. That's how it should seem. But that's not the case. It should never be, well, we don't like what you said, so we're going to suspend you. That's not how you should be solving stuff. You should be solving things knowing, hey... If this isn't what we want you to say, we'll just tell you it. He might not know what was said that was wrong. And now he's going to probably be very scared about his job. Now, fortunately, he is going to be reinstated on August 11th. Obviously, at the time of this recording, it is Thursday. But he'll be reinstated tomorrow. But here's another question. Should the Baltimore Orioles be ashamed? Absolutely. This is ridiculous. You don't suspend someone because they said something you didn't like. You suspend someone if they say something wrong or something homophobic, or something racist. You don't suspend someone for stating the facts. That's what's so crazy about this and what drives me really insane. Now, I would make a joke about the Orioles not knowing what to do because they haven't been good, but this isn't about them not being good or not knowing what to do. This is about them with how they treated everything. You know, you can't treat 
someone who works for you and who enjoys what they do and has been a part of that community for such a long time and say, yeah, we didn't like what you said, so we're going to suspend you. But don't worry, we're going to bring you back. I just think how they handled it was not smart and they need to be ashamed of themselves. I, that's just my two cents. Moving on to our next point, which is in regards to Henry Ruggs. Now, obviously, the story with Henry Ruggs is that he was speeding and it was, I believe, 150 miles per hour when he was speeding. He ultimately crashed his car while he was drunk, killed a woman and her dog. This was about two years ago in November of 2021. He was ultimately released by the Las Vegas Raiders, ending his football career, and he is now been not only arrested but he's been sentenced to jail between three to ten years in prison he does i believe have the option for parole but right now with this you know this is just very tough to hear because here's what happened when henry ruggs was in high school he lost his best friend with to a car accident his best friend had died henry was supposed to be driving that car ultimately got sick he honored that friend in his commitment. He honored that friend after every touchdown. And he also just seemed to be on the right path. But really with this, it just shows that careers can change instantly with one instance. Now, Devontae Smith, who is Henry Ruggs' closest friend, one of his closest friends from his time in Alabama, was at the hearing just to be supportive. Apparently, Ruggs had read a statement of how he felt to the family and how he was with us forever and he knows what he did and how what happened and how it will never bring their daughter back. But with this, you know, it, it, it's just sad to hear. You know, this was an Alabama player. This was someone from Montgomery. And you always root for players who come from your school. So I think with this, you know, I definitely feel bad for him. But this is just something where we cannot take life for granted. We have to think about the people that can be with us, the people who support us. And we have to remember that every day that we have on this planet is a gift. Now, I'm glad to know that Henry has learned how he messed up, but it, it's it's hard because, you know, he was living the dream. He had a two-year NFL career. He had three years in college. He was well-known. He was all SEC. He's still on some of the records for receiving yards, receiving touchdowns at Alabama. And with this, you know, we're going to remember him, but it's just hard. You you know, we have to remember that careers can change with one bad mistake. And it's something that he's learning. But sadly, this is something that we have to make sure that is communicated. So if your kids are looking up to athletes, if your kids are focusing on making sure that they have the next great athlete or they're looking for someone to look at to remember, there are people like us, too. You know, we said it with Ja Moran. We've said it with players like Kareem Hunt. We said it for players like Zion. You know, what they do is under a microscope. The same thing is with Henry Ruggs. So, you know, we have to remember that they're people too, and they have their struggles just like you and I. Now, moving on to our next point, which is in regards to the business of sports, something that we really don't talk about too, too much, which is about what is the most valuable team in sports. So right now, according to... ESPN, they had created a list of the top valuable teams when it comes to sports, whether it's just with the NFL, whether it's really anything. So obviously with this, number one, to no surprise, 
it's the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, this doesn't surprise me because, look, it's the Cowboys. You know, Jerry has found a way to get this team to be one of the most successful business ventures of the past 30 plus years. However, they can't win. But that's another story. I mean, look, they're on the list of the most valuable sports franchises. Now, here is that list right here. We've got the Dallas Cowboys, Golden State Warriors, the New York Yankees, the New York Giants, Los Angeles Rams, the New England Patriots, the New York Knicks, the Los Angeles Lakers, the San Francisco 49ers, the New York Jets. All very big market teams. Am I upset that we don't have a team from the South on here? Not really, because these teams have been well-established for a while. Now, Dallas tops the scale at $9.2 billion, and they're ahead of the Warriors by $1.5 billion. And this is based on really how they rank when it comes to a valuable sports franchise. And, of course, at the bottom is the Cincinnati Bengals, which is very interesting to me. Now, the average NFL fan base was worth up to $5.14 billion as of last year. And, of course, $12 billion of the league's $17 billion in national media shared among all teams. That's pretty impressive right now. Now, let's see where our teams are from the South. Now, right here, when I look at Sportico, which is rating all of our teams, you have most of your teams from the South who are going to be kind of towards the bottom, which is kind of expected. And you've got New Orleans at 26. You've got Tennessee Titans at 21. And then you've got the Carolina Panthers at 22. And then you kind of come up a little bit and you see the Atlanta Falcons at 13. But that's understood because... Arthur Blank is a well-known businessman, and it makes sense. Now, here's what went into it. The team value and the team-related businesses and real estate holdings. Team value is based on how many fans you have, how many people are coming to your games, how appealing you are. It can depend on records. It can depend on attendance and all that stuff. And if you're looking at you know, the Bengals being 32, and the question is, but they're good, why are they so low? Because it could come down to a view variety of things. Maybe they have fans in a different area. We don't know. And then you've got team-related businesses and real estate holdings. Now, the value of a franchise owner's equity and team-related businesses are distinct corporate entities. And really with this, this category excludes value derived from enterprises determined as attenuated from the football team's operations. And that falls into rent from non-football, licensing fees, and team owners' investments. So anything that these owners are doing outside of it, where if they're saying, oh, we're going to use this rent for a concert or something, that's not going to affect the popularity or the value of the team, as it should. But right now, I look at this, and while this is impressive, it shows that the South has a lot of work to do, which is expected. You know, We all expect that there's going to be some work that needs to be done when it comes to our teams in the South. You know, we need to win. We need to figure some things out. Now, really, what does this mean for the South? With this, like I said, they need to figure out how they can improve, how they can change their culture, and what it comes down to. Does it come down to winning? In a sense, yes, it does come down to winning. But it also comes down to performance, fans, and getting people to watch. And remember, New Orleans, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Nashville are smaller markets. 
So those fans there are going to pay more attention to college football. It's nothing against the NFL, but college football is based in the South. If we can get more player people to watch the NFL, maybe that'll rise us up. Remember, this is a big reason why we are so different than the West Coast. The West Coast, college football isn't as major, whereas it is here in the South, which is why you see the success of teams like the 49ers, or you see teams of the success with the Golden State Warriors. This isn't the case in the South, whereas you have a few good teams. But with this, this is why we're seeing some trouble. But it's okay, because I believe in our small market teams, and I think very soon they will get the revenue up and improve and increase their value as much as they can. And it's Friday and she's back, which means it is time for Christy's Corner. Everyone take a listen as she breaks down some news in regards to some football, such as UGA firing a staff member who is at the scene of the crash. And of course, really what's going on with preseason football. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Welcome back to another episode of Christy's Corner. I am back. I'm not feeling totally better. So you'll have to bear with this voice of mine until it heals all the way. But we have so much news that I could not miss another episode. So Auburn is back to doing what Auburn does best, and that's rolling toilet paper. So Auburn fans have a very long tradition of rolling these special oak trees in toilet paper after a big win in football. These oak trees are located at Toomer's Corner, and there's a whole history behind them and an interesting history why they haven't been able to roll these trees in the past few years. So, actually, a Alabama fan poisoned the trees in 2010 after Auburn beat Alabama, and obviously the trees were dead. They had to get rid of them, and they did plant new trees. They planted these new trees in 2017. And Auburn had asked fans to refrain from rolling them in toilet paper until they were more mature and sturdy. Basically, they were checking on the trees to make sure they were going to live. But it is time. Um, The trees have matured. They are growing healthy. And Auburn fans are permitted again to start rolling the trees. So how many times will we see trees rolled in Tumor's Corner this year? It's all up to Hugh Freeze and what he does with this Auburn team this year. And unfortunately, we are still talking about Georgia and their mess of an offseason. So Georgia has officially fired the staffer who was also in the fatal crash and who was the survivor. This comes a month after she actually filed a lawsuit against Georgia. She was in the crash with Devin Willock and another recruiting staffer. So her name is Tori Bowles. She was dismissed from Georgia, and they said she was not cooperating with investigation into the crash. Now, her attorney says she's actually being retaliated against because of this lawsuit she has put on Georgia. So she was on paid medical leave for a few months after the crash and then was placed on unpaid leave in March. So she hasn't actually been active with Georgia since the crash. feel like... You know, I thought this was the right answer. It's it's a mess. I don't know if they were legally allowed to fire her. I mean, I feel like that could be conflict of interest because they're in a lawsuit with her. 
it's it's gonna be messy and I really really think unfortunately this is going to distract Georgia a lot from this football season especially with their head coach so we'll see what more comes from this I just think it's gonna get uglier before it gets better as someone hoping for some better news is Kareem Hunt. He is still out there, still available, even though he has met with two high prospect teams. So he met with the Saints a while ago and left there without a deal. And we actually know that he left there without a deal because before he went into the Saints stadium, the Colts actually called him and were offering him more money. So did meet with the Colts on Wednesday night and left without a deal. Now, they did offer him something. We don't know what. I don't know the specifics of that, but it's obviously nowhere near what Kareem wanted or what he thinks he's worth. The Colts signed a different running back that same day and Jason Huntley, who was cut by the Steelers. So lots of teams believe that Kareem Hunt's speed has been slipping. I mean, he had his worst season with the Browns last year, some low numbers for him. So I think he's 28, which in the running back world is kind of old. Their bodies go through a lot more than any other position. So I don't think Kareem is done. It'll be interesting to see if he gets picked up, though. And before football season even starts, Alabama is already breaking records. So Alabama has 13 players on the NFL's top 100 list for 2023, which is a record for the most players ever since this list has been started. And just a side note, in 2022, they only had five. So a lot of these are new players or players who are kind of in their prime. So we had number three, Jalen Hurts. Number 12 was Josh Jacobs, 21 was Minka Fitzpatrick, 25 is Derrick Henry, 40 is Quinnen Williams, 44 is Jalen Waddell, 46 was CJ Mosley, 49 was Patrick Sertan, 52 was Jonathan Allen, 60 was Trayvon Diggs, 82 was Tua, 92 was Marlon Humphrey, and 100 was Devontae Smith. And the only disagreement I have with this list is Devontae Smith being dead last. I think he should be way closer to Jalen. Those two were a dynamic duo. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl together, so definitely should have been higher there. Back to college football, I feel like the NCAA has been in the news for the past I don't know, three weeks with all these teams wanting to switch conferences and divisions. It's just been a hot mess of news stories, but their latest one has me kind of scratching my head. So the NCAA denied waivers for players who want to play near their family. And this isn't just like players being homesick, wanting to play and have an audience and their family come watch them. Um, there's two specific stories that I really think should be taken to heart, and I think the NCAA can do better. So the first story comes from North Carolina's receiver, Devontez Walker. He had a waiver for immediate eligibility, which was denied. Now, North Carolina is appealing this, and he came to North Carolina from Kent State to be closer to his ailing grandmother. This is a lady who had a big part in raising him and he had a lot of anxiety and mental health issues being so far away from her in case anything were to happen. 
Now, the caveat to this is that he has transferred two times. And that's where the NCAA says, nope, you can't play yet. You need to wait it out. Now, in his case, he only played football at one other school. So I definitely think they need to take a closer look at why he's wanting to move and the fact that he actually only played at one other school. And the second case is a Florida State player in Darnell Jackson Jr. He is transferring from Miami and applied for a hardship waiver because of his ailing mom. He is also a second-time transfer. Now, in his case, he did play at both schools. He started at Maryland, played at Miami, and now is with Florida State. So I think it's going to be harder for him to get this waiver, but I could see maybe the North Carolina player receiving it since he only played at one school. And to end on this Friday episode, I have some stories I think we should keep an eye on as we enter the preseason in NFL. So I think all eyes are going to be on Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. We know they got some huge paydays and I think teams and media, they're going to be looking to see if they were really worth this. Obviously, Jalen has a lot on his back. He wants to get back to the Super Bowl and win it this time. And Lamar just wants to stay healthy and have a good season. The next story I think you should keep an eye on is, will Russell Wilson bounce back? We know he had a terrible time with the Broncos, probably his worst season I can remember. A lot of people said he's done, his time is over, so he has a lot to prove as well. And will Josh Jacobs play? Will he play with the franchise tag? We know the Zoom meeting happened and a lot of running backs said they'd be willing to sit this season out. So it'll be interesting because he's considered one of the best in the league right now. And of course, we still have lots of huge names who have not been grabbed yet. You still have Dalvin Cook, you still have Zeke Elliott, you have Leonard Fournette. Will somebody pick them up, especially with all of these injuries happening after training camp? Will we see these players be picked up and play even the first week? I don't know. But stick around with us and we will let you know if they get picked up. See you next time. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. It is good to have you back. And we hope you are feeling much better. And we are so glad to have you back there is a lot of stuff that has been happening throughout the nfl offseason and you know it is coming up here i am going to be looking to see if lamar and jalen can make that jump jalen i could see lamar it's still very early to tell cream hunt that's another interesting situation because right now the saints are still looking for a running back as well when it comes to the denied waivers i feel like they should find a way to make an exception because if it is intergressive family, family trumps everything. I'm sorry. That's just how my mindset is. And then of course, with UGA firing that staffer, I don't know what UGA has been doing. It's just been a mess this whole off season for them. No one seems to listen. Kirby's just kind of sitting there. I'm very, you know, nervous about what they're doing because I know that right now they are not seeing any discipline and this could affect them on the field. And this isn't anything about you know me being a fan of another school because I love Kirby as a coach. And this is just painful for me to see. But with this as well, you know, it does mean a lot to see that we've got a lot of change going. You know, this is great change. And then we've got a lot of busy news. So get excited for 
the NFL and football season. Now, moving on to our final point, which is in regards to other conferences failing. You know, we've talked about how the Pac-12 has failed. Could other conferences fail now that other teams are coming together? It's possible. You know, I hate to say it. I hate to be negative about this because I am optimistic about so many things. But this is so possible. It is so possible to see something like this happen because, you know, you've got a lot of teams who are moving into other conferences. You know, the SEC is very strong conference right now. Big Ten is going to be a very strong conference. Big 12 is going to be pretty strong. With all these changes in movement, it seems that these three conferences are going to overcast the other conferences. Now, could something change here? I mean, maybe, but, you know, right now, you look at the information, you look at the facts, and things can very much change. So we'll just have to see. But right now, I don't think it's something we should be nervous about. You know, it is something that could happen, but I don't think they will. I think right now, the reason why the Pac-12 failed is because they were trying to come off bigger than they actually were. And that didn't really help them out. I think they were trying to do something that they weren't, and it ultimately backfired. Whereas the SEC knows what they can do. The Big 12 can knows what they can do. The Big 10, I, I hope they know what they can do. But with this, I don't think anything could happen. Now, could the ACC have some trouble? Maybe, but I feel like right now we need to take this lesson from the Pac-12 and just go with it and understand that, hey, what happened here should not happen ever again because we want to make sure that we are not losing these opportunities for college athletes because it's a big honor for these players to go in and have a chance to get an education and play a sport that they love. But that's going to do for this New Orleans Live-based episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the, all the love and support. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, so 14 or my personal Twitter, at Swates by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok threads, at Christy underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sorts of different forms and varieties. We will be back on Tuesday to recap some other news throughout the NFL and college football. And of course, sports. As always, drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We greatly mean it when we say thank you for everything y'all have done. It truly has meant a lot. As always, as always, Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Make a difference in this world. Bring smiles into this world. The world is still a very scary place and it needs our help. And as always, as always, as always, thank you so much for everything that y'all have done. I truly cannot say thank you enough for all the support y'all have given over the past few weeks. It really means a lot. And we thank you for it. And we will see you later. Take care.